Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. We just had a long Memorial Day weekend. Summer is here. It's nice out. I got this new Browns decal for my pool, which I tweeted out. feel pretty good about that. Uh, some people had some funny jokes to say about that. What's in yeah. the bottom of my pool? But, you know, hey, <laughs> I'll, be the la- I'll be the last guy laughing for sure. I hope. If not, I'll, have somebody, t- if not, I'll have somebody tickle me. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're here talking... Superflex and everything about Superflex, what we like about Superflex, some Superflex strategy. And, of course, on Twitter, a couple weeks back, I saw a big question. Is the second quarterback overrated in Superflex? So I'd like to discuss that with you guys as well. And we're going to talk about some of the rookie drafts, how you guys approach your rookie drafts, and just overall kind of a Superflex show. So it's going to be super fantastic for sure. But before we do. Absolutely. Let's hear a word from our sponsor, and that is DynastyOwner.com. That's right, DynastyOwner.com. It's a new way to play Dynasty fantasy football. It's the time when you're that above-average fantasy football player, and you're going to be interested in some new challenges coming this new season, right? I mean, that's what Dynasty players do. They're always looking for those new challenges. Check out Dynasty Owner. They've had a new strategic twist to fantasy football by incorporating the business of football into their game. This is because their salary cap dynasty format is based on real NFL salaries and such a difference maker that they actually have a patent on it. For example, to assign in his $30 million contract doesn't matter much in most leagues, but in dynasty owner, could his seven and a half million per year make him more attractive than Russell Wilson at 35 million. It's really a game of strategy that way. You're going to, you know, checks and balances. Where are you spending money? Where aren't you spending your money? Is the rookie contract way more value than the veteran contract? 100%. You got to build a good roster, but you also got to be that owner, manager, and coach. Dynasty owner leagues are forming soon from people who've been there on their wait list, but there's a limited number of franchises that they are making available at any given time. So get on the wait list for an invitation by visiting dynastyowner.com and click on start my dynasty. You'll be able to join leagues with cash prize pools or just play for the love of the game. And after you join the wait list, you can test out a mock draft and see how using real NFL salaries, changed players, rankings, draft strategy, and roster construction. Dynasty Owner also recently released their new mobile application for iOS and Android. Join the wait list and download the app today. DynastyOwner.com. Check them out. So, guys, Superflex Leagues. What is it? How is it? What's going on? Are you scared? You know, I tried to, you know, sometimes when I first want to go back and start some super flex leagues with the people I know, they're like, you all need to just go somewhere that I'm like, you all need to pack that shit up and get a U-Haul and drive it out of here because that's ridiculous to sit here and hate on something you never tried. And to me, since converting over to most of mostly super flex, I feel like super flex tight end premium is my favorite way to play the game. Personally, I don't know about no, you two I- fine ladies. I'm definitely with you there. Uh, it's one of those things where you almost have to come up with a strategy as to how to approach your league if you're if you're going from a one QB league into a two QB league or or a you know like you said a super flex tight end premium league. 
and kind of give it a, I think we've talked about it before, but give it like a little grace period, like, Hey, um, heads up, you know, like vote on it, obviously. But once it's done, like, but you have to present it as like, Hey, three years down the line, we're going to switch over to this league to this. So people kind of have time to, to switch over. But I, I, I love the idea of doing it. And we've been trying, I know you and I have been trying it in a couple of our leagues that we're in together, longstanding one QB leagues, try to get them to switch over to the, to the super flex league. Cause it's just, it's more challenging. It, it's more fun. And, and that's what it, you know, that's really what fantasy boils down to. You want to be able to have fun and, and root for as many players as possible and putting in a super flex, um, position. It just makes it more interesting. Cause there's, there's more, there's more ways to construct a roster. And, and we'll talk about that today. Uh, and it's, it's, ju- it's just more interesting in my opinion, Matt, I totally agree. Especially when you look at the startup drafts, the variance and how people pick their teams and build their rosters. Like in, in one QB, it's almost gotten to the point where it's become a little bit formulaic, uh, where you don't really see a lot of variance and okay, these guys are basically all second round guys. These guys are basically all third round guys. Like you, you, you know, pretty easily, pretty quickly where guys are going to be going roughly within six to eight picks. Uh, whereas in Superflex. I've been in super flex drafts where you have eight, nine, up to up to twelve quarterbacks taken in the first like two rounds, and then I've been in other leagues where through two rounds we're at like four or five in super flex, and so it, there's just a lot of variance in how people like to build their teams, and your strategy changes a lot, but there's also so much more value towards the back end of the draft, whereas normally we're just kind of waiting and okay, I'll grab my quarterback in the ninth round and, you know, it's, you know, whoever, it could be a good player. But here, you're, because of all the quarterbacks getting drafted earlier, it's pushing back other guys that are some of your sleepers and things like that. So it does, it adds a whole nother layer of strategy, but it also, it mixes up uh, how people build their teams. Yeah, it just takes that quarterback position that is oh so important in all formats where a quarterback can single-handedly you know two years ago pat mahomes can carry you to the playoffs so lamar jackson last year can almost carry you to the playoffs so that position's always been super valuable but in one qb leagues it's just not worth drafting a qb like i'm not even thinking about drafting a qb before round six in a one qb league where in a super flex league i'm taking a one you know my quarterback pat mahomes number one overall so you know, if you never played Superflex, the start is you have one extra flex spot, and it's called a super flex spot where you can start a tight end, a running back, wide receiver, or a quarterback. Now, for the most part, you're going to use that slot to start a quarterback. Simple for the fact is the quarterback score the most points. I mean, if we're looking at last year alone in PPR leagues, weeks one through 17, 13 of the top 24 players are quarterbacks in points scored. 13 that's more than half the players are at the quarterback position so you're gonna you're optimally gonna try and fill that spot with a quarterback now can you fill that spot with a good running back a good receiver if you play tight end premium and you want to have mark andrews and george kittle you can use a tight end spot of course you can but to be fair that's not the ideal roster construction so you'll go right to that question of saying is a second quarterback valuable in Superflex or is it overrated? To me, it's a hundred percent not overrated. It's 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 the most important position on your roster. I mean, you have an opportunity to have again thirteen of the top twenty four guys last year overall 
are quarterbacks. So even a guy like Matt Ryan, 18th overall score, and Jared Goff, right? Jared Goff in a one QB league, his value is what? You know, give me give me a second round pick, and I'll and I'll and I'll I'll, I'll throw you Jared Goff real quick. He was the twenty fourth overall scoring overall player last year, overall. Right, and it's it's one of those things where uh, you can get by with only one QB in, in a super flex league, but you're going to be piecing it together basically every week, and and you're just you know you're just putting duct tape on on the, on the problem. You got to and duct tape's powerful; it's great. <laughs> but it's not going to fix anything long term. You actually have to go in there, and for me anyway, I don't have that. I don't have that nice, easy feeling in a superflex league until I get an established, nice number two quarterback in any of those leagues. Yeah, and duct tape's good for like high in your excitement when your team drafts Baker Mayfield, or you win a championship and you don't want to go around smoke it, you know, poking small people in the eye. So. And you don't want to feel uncomfortable because, dude, using duct tape can also make you feel very uncomfortable at the same time. So I'm with Matt. Like, you got to make sure you had the other QB. Whether you, even if it's a guy like Tom Brady, but even if my second QB is really old, I don't feel good because I know I'm one year away from trying to piece it together with a guy in my super flex spot trying to be a running back. It's it's why all my dynasty leagues with my first early picks, like I'm trying to come away with. I'm looking for strategy of how do I get my guy early, you know, which whether it be Pat Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, and then how do I pair him up later in the draft and how long can I wait to get another young guy out there? A guy that I believe in. Like, you know, even a guy like Jared Goff or a Carson Wentz or can I get, you know, for me personally it's a Daniel Jones, a Drew Locke, one of those guys that has youth and upside for my longevity of my team. Yeah, the other thing with this, and I, I'm I'm in the same same mindset as you guys. You want to have two good established quarterbacks, and preferably three because you have bye weeks, you have injuries, so you really can't have too many quarterbacks. I I've never heard of a super flex team being like, oh man, I wish I didn't have so many quarterbacks. Like it, they're always valuable, and if if you have you know, say you have six great guys, there, there's a team where I have six quarterbacks because it's a Devi league and I just happened to draft Tua the year before and Joe Burrow in like the 11th round of a Devi draft and so I already have four quarterbacks I have two there now these are like incredible incredible trade pieces but even the guys that are not the uh, elite guys I don't think you necessarily have to have like okay I have to have two top 12 guys at my quarterback position so I have to take them first round second round I don't think you have to go to that extreme because when you're looking at the difference of points per game I mean guys that were around 12th last year versus the guys that are in the early 20s it's really only a tad more than a point and a half a game is what we're looking at so really the important thing is that you have in my opinion one absolute positive stud and then two other guys that are main starters that you can count on for at least the next two to three seasons uh, to, to be able to provide value for you. Yeah, you need that quarterback to, you know, the quarterback's going to average 18, 17 points per game. It's just you're not going to find that elsewhere. And the, the difference is you're going to get that consistency out of the quarterback as well for the most part. And like Garrett said, had the third, the third guy to me, I always want to come away with – there's only 32 teams, right? So if you have 12-man rosters, that means no, not all teams can have three quarterbacks. It just wouldn't be fit mathematically. So 
I love to come away with three starting quarterbacks on my roster. You know, come away with my two main guys and then a guy with upside or a guy that people maybe aren't as high on that has some upside guy like Derek Carr, a Dwayne Haskins, something along those lines to give me nice, good trade bait because the quarterback will always get, bring you back a good return in trade bait. Everybody will need a quarterback at some point. Definitely when you find some guys where a guy gets hurt or two, two guys on the same buy, those quarterbacks are just worth their weight in gold in super flex leagues. It's why we hammer the point during these rookie drafts of drafting the rookies early. You know, when we, when we had it go in our rankings, we had it go Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, and then we said Justin Herbert for the most part. I know Matt and I, I can't remember, Garrett, if you were on that boat that, as I, well. I was, I, I wavered on that a little bit. I, I leaned Jonathan Taylor there just because I'm, I'm not fully sure, but I, he wasn't getting outside my top five. Yeah. So I can, and I, listen, I'm okay with that too. After Tua and Burrow, like I'm okay with somebody taking Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Jonathan Taylor against ahead of Justin Herbert. And, but when I see comments going on there of saying, oh, dude, these rankings are bogus because who takes Justin Herbert ahead of Clyde Edwards Lair? Well, if you need a quarterback, you do. And if you got if your other quarterback's Tom Brady, you do. Because for the most part, you're picking at the top of the draft because, well, your team's probably not that good unless you trade into the pick. And you're looking for longevity here. Matt said it best when it comes to Superflexes that quarterback just gives you stability for such a long time. I've said this on this podcast 100 times. In my first Dynasty League ever, it's 17 years old. I've literally had one starting quarterback this entire time, and that's Drew Brees for 17 years. 17 years I've had Drew Brees as my starting quarterback. If your dynasty league is old enough, you had Tom Brady, you could have Tom Brady as your quarterback for 20 years. That is an ungodly amount to have somebody in your lineup for that period of time to produce at a consistent level. So that's what you're asking to buy. And when you get that, and when you get that, you get that player. So now you're in a position to make trades where other people aren't in that position. If you have the quarterbacks at the top of the draft, and yeah, of course now you can take Clyde Edwards Alaire at three because you got three young quarterbacks. It's not as big of a deal. Here's a good example for me. So in one QB, how valuable do you guys think Jimmy Garoppolo is? Not oh, very, right? Yeah. yeah, not very. I was gonna say you could get him for end of the second round draft pick pretty easily for sure. Right. So in Superflex though he scored, and granted the scoring is the same, but it shows you the value. Jimmy Garoppolo probably would have been a starter in your super flex spot. He averaged per game, he was the 22nd best quarterback, averaging 16.27 points a game last year. Guess the player right underneath him in a points per game value. I'm not going to make you guess because it'll take forever, but it's Nick Chubb. So Derek or Jimmy Garoppolo, the 22nd ranked quarterback, scored just slightly higher than Nick Chubb. That's your running back one on most teams. So that just shows you the scoring discrepancy there. That's why, for the most part, you're wanting to start a quarterback. I get it if there's a random week where they're playing the Patriots and it's a terrible blah, blah, blah. I get that. But nine times out of ten, even if it's the 22nd ranked quarterback, you're still probably wanting to start him in your super flex spot. Yeah, absolutely. That's the key. That is I, that is absolutely the key, and that is why that combined with the fact that, like Rich said, these quarterbacks, especially with the rules nowadays, if they're good and they if they hit, they can be a twenty year piece or a fifteen year piece 
to to your uh, dynasty gold. I mean that it's it it just gives you so much more roster flexibility if you have two or three of these young guys that are going to be in your lineup for a long time to to draft best player available at other positions for years to come to fill out your roster. It's just going to make your life so much easier. That's why I went out this year. I mean, I was picking, I think, ninth, and I had, I had three first-round picks. It, 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 my first one was ninth, but Tua started sliding in our draft, and he was available at four. So I gave up number nine. I gave up a, a 2021 first and I think a, a 2023rd to get up into that number four spot, and I picked Tua. And I was, I mean, just because I had that high of a grade on him, but also because if he hits, this is it's going to be an amazing, amazing long-term uh, asset for me. And I also had I had number ten in the first round as well, so I just sat back. And at number ten, I could not believe it. Justin Herbert was sitting there as well, so I went I went back to back. I, I went Tua and Justin Herbert because I couldn't believe that he slid that far. This is the same draft that last year I got Daniel Jones number ten overall. So now I'm sitting here with Tua, Justin Herbert, and Daniel Jones to go along with my long, you know, my my Kirk Cousins, who was like my going in the beginning of last year, he was the only guy I had at the quarterback position. And I've I've flipped the script there and I've turned it into one of these things. I had a very I was I had a very uneasy feeling about my quarterback situation. And in in you know, the the matter of whatever 14 months i've come i've come and flipped the script completely and now i'm feeling really good about my my team long term at the quarterback position because garoppolo is a good example where hey he's a middle of the road quarterback quarterback two but in superflex a quarterback two is an amazing thing to have because he's averaging that nick chubb kind of numbers and last year i became the president of the daniel jones fan club because i had had enough in Superflex leagues with analysts in the business doing mock drafts with them. And they're like, Daniel Jones was falling to 10 and 11. And I had to like, I was on a show. I had to stop and yell. I'm like, what is wrong? Like, can somebody please explain to me this madness of letting this quarterback slip? Because yeah, you know, would you, would you rather have Clyde Edwards Alaire? Would you rather have JK Dobbins? Yeah, for sure. Everybody has a need at running back. Everybody has a need where they can use a high quality player. But to pass up any kind of player that can give you some kind of stability of just a Jimmy Garoppolo kind of numbers in a Superflex league is just utterly ridiculous to pass up on. You need those points. You need that position. That trade bait is unbelievable. Last year, when I had to beg people to draft Daniel Jones, how good does Daniel Jones look on your dynasty roster in a Superflex league today, the way he finished last year? Drew Locke, somebody who we kind of ripped on. How good does Drew Locke with all the weapons he has going into this year? These are all guys you can get late in a Superflex league that now you can argue go in this draft class alone, top five. Yep, absolutely. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to justify in my eyes. I mean, any one of these running backs, we talk about it all the time. It's, they're, these guys, for the most part, except for the few outliers here and there, like once every five years is a guy that's going to be a, a running back that, that lasts seven, eight years in the league. For the most part, these guys are like three to four-year tops. 
yep. type of guys, man. And it, I don't know why you would make that kind of decision. Me personally, I mean, this is this is dynasty fantasy football, right? This is supposed to be like a long term play. Am, am I correct in that, or or no? I feel, <laughs> I feel like I feel like the quarterbacks. I, yes, there they are. There's some risk. There's some risk involved in drafting these quarterbacks. I I totally get it because you know the bust rate on quarterbacks is much higher than these guys that are that are running backs that that are valuable, but. If you hit on them, you you have a, such a a nice long asset to just lay. You just kick your feet back and, and you don't have to worry about the position for years to come. So, it, it, for me, it's it's definitely worth the the little bit of risk that comes with these quarterbacks, especially nowadays. I feel like the the league as a whole is doing such a better job of developing these guys and and the college game in particular. Um, is translating much more to the NFL game, so it's 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 becoming much easier for for quarterbacks to enter the NFL and be successful early. So, I with those two things combined, I feel like there's been less and less of a bust rate, and and nowadays it's almost the NFL. I don't know if I don't I don't want to say they figured it out, but I, at least these guys are not so thick headed now that they're they're jamming round things into square holes or squares into round holes you know what i mean like they're actually doing what the players do well from college they're yep. they're bringing that stuff to the nfl so it's it's a much smoother transition and i and the reason go go ahead rich oh and i was gonna say the reason that we love the quarterback as well garrett was you know the reason why we draft like young receivers and like i like to build my dynasty teams around young re- receivers is because of the stability of the position where, hey, he might be a wide receiver one every year, but the year he's not a wide receiver one, he's a wide receiver two. And on a bad year, he's a wide receiver three. So he's always startable. Where the same thing with the quarterback is, again, even if he's not the quarterback one that year, you're happy with quarterback two numbers if he's your quarterback two. You're happy if he puts up Matt Ryan numbers, right? And he's, he's 18th overall player. and He's averaging 18.8 points per game. You're you're happy with that. If you have Jared Goff, you're happy with that because now you have youth and stability. I always say the best ability is availability. And besides that, it's just stability. Something, the plug and play aspect, you know, to have DJ Moore on your roster and he's 20, what makes him so valuable is he already put up a wide receiver one kind of you know, year. He has a really good offensive-minded coach coming in. He's only 22 years old. So you're not just buying in Dynasty. You're not just buying the good player. You're also buying stability and long-term fantasy points and production on your roster. That's that's why this youth is so valuable. It's why we love it in, the, in this game and why rookie assets are so valuable just to have the ability to put something on your roster and not have to worry about it because anytime you're not worrying about one position, it lets you fill another need. So me having Drew Brees in my 1QB league that gives me 17 years of never having to worry about reaching for a quarterback because I need him where there's a good skill position player on the board. And I'm able to grab that skill position player instead of reaching because I need a quarterback. Like, oh, man, here in the second round this year, wow, I really like uh, so-and-so's on the board. I like Antonio Gibson, but I got to take Joe Burrow. I got to take Joe Burrow because I need a quarterback. It's just – it puts me – it puts you in a good position across all dynasty positions. Anywhere you have it, that youth is key. And a quarterback, it just so happens to play longer than anybody else. So – for me, anybody saying that this, the, two, the second quarterback position is slightly overrated, I agree wholeheartedly. I think it's the most important position on your Superflex League. It's a reason Superflex is there, and I can't get enough young quarterbacks on my roster. Even if I have a quarterback, I'm a, if I have three quarterbacks and they're all relatively young, 
I'm still drafting a quarterback because I know I'm going to flip that guy down the road for the player I want. And not just a rookie pick, for a proven player. If you want to go out there right now and trade Deshaun Watson in a Superflex League, you have your pick of a player that you want. You want a good running back? Don't gamble on the rookies. Go get Nick Chubb. Go get Zeke Elliott. Go get Austin Eckler. I mean, what you can flip Kyler Murray for right now, Kyler Murray has first-round dynasty startup value. That's tremendous. And you got him in your rookie draft last year, one overall. And if you already had other quarterbacks, that's fine. And last year was a good class. Yes, you could have got Josh Jacobs. But you can flip Kyler Murray for more than Josh Jacobs right now. You can get Josh Jacobs plus for Kyler Murray. Yeah, and absolutely. That's the reason, Rich. That's the reason, Rich, that I went out and even though I had already drafted Tua and already drafted Justin Herbert, I came back at two point oh six, and Jordan Love was staring me in the face, and I hit the, I hit the <laughs> the draft button on him so fast, it was over. It's it's fine. I mean, there were a lot of good players on the board still, you know, but um, I had I had a few other picks in the second round as well, so I knew I'd still get some quality guys a couple picks later. It's not just Justin Herbert that's been falling in drafts either. I did a rookie draft a, a few weeks back, and I had the three pick, and so I was, you know, already in my head. Okay, Jonathan Taylor, Ceh, you know, hopefully one of them will be left. You know, if it were me, probably both of them would be left. Uh, so you know, what guy am I going to take? And Burrow was on the board at one three. I was like, well, I'm, yeah. I guess I'm taking Joe Burrow, and I've, I'm that's that I am not the only person that's happened to. I've seen this on Twitter where guys are like, I can't believe it. I just got Joe Burrow at one four. I just got two at one seven, and you know, it's it's stuff like that where it just, I, I think people have they're always trying to be a step ahead, and I and I appreciate that about the fantasy industry. We're trying to always you know think ahead. What's the next best move? But I think this is one of those times where we've started overthinking it a little bit. And I, I think people are missing the boat on some of these really, really talented quarterbacks that are going to be a stable force for their super flex teams. And if you go back, I, I retweeted it. Somebody put up like all the top, I think it was Ryan McDowell about the top, like the most fancy running back one finishes and the amount of guys you see, we've, we've talked about this before in the podcast. We had analysis done before on it. The hashtag two to three year window. And that's anytime you get two to three years out of a running back, you essentially just want to trade them because the odds of them giving that production down the road are literally slim to none. The odds of a guy putting up one running back season, more than one running back one season, is a long shot. It's just not a common thing for a player to do. The running backs, they get they get four running back one seasons out of out of a fantasy football running back. He's almost a Hall of Famer at this point because it's just not going to happen. The, the, there's too much youth coming in year in, year out. It just makes that position so fluid. And with the quarterbacks, you're getting locked in there where you don't have to worry about that and the young guy coming to take a job or if he gets hurt, does he lose his job? I mean, sometimes it happens, but it's, it really is a rarity. And these contracts, they lock them in for long term. A lot of the money is getting guaranteed these days. I mean, Pat Mahomes' contracts can be discussed and to be guaranteed oh, yeah. for the most part as well. So to have that, to pass on that, again, it's just you're, you're thinking short-sighted, which is a redraft mentality. And depending on your team, so I'm okay with those. You know, I can see that, Garrett. Like, say you ended up lucking into the pick and you traded for somebody's first and their team got hurt and 
you end up with a one-one, and you already have three young quarterbacks, and your 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 roster stacked, and all you need is that run running back, and you want Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So it's easy to say, well, I'll just take Clyde Edwards-Alaire with this pick. My answer would be like, no, you should <laughs> still just take Clyde Edwards-Alaire with that pick. You still take Joe Burrow, yep. or trade back, dude. Just trade back and take somebody else and take another running back. The running back position is just not important enough here. For at least an unknown. Like, if you're making a move for somebody who's a proven commodity or a guy like Saquon Barkley or you're going to trade for Christian McCaffrey, there's a very even few running backs that have that uh, notoriety that I'd be willing to give up something along those lines for, where you can trade a Joe Burrow for, obviously, you're not going to get Christian McCaffrey unless Joe Burrow hits, right? Because if, if Joe Burrow hit and he was say i don't know he, he kind of hard to be patrick mahomes lamar jackson he would have to be that yes. type of level to hit to give you that kind of return level but you don't need those guys are still they're so hard to come by and we're talking outliers what's it, saquon and christian mccaffrey are, i think the only quarterbacks the running backs you can't get for maybe you know a josh allen straight up essentially you know a kyler murray straight up but even then you would have to you'd have to listen when you're when you're talking Kyler Murray for Christian McCaffrey when it comes to trade bait, right? Yeah. You have to like listen to that. Yeah, absolutely. So so right now let's let's do a, let's do a quick little name game. You guys tell me what you think on these players. So let's start off with Kyler Murray. Uh, we you would would you rather have Kyler Murray or Christian McCaffrey? Man, Christian McCaffrey. yeah, Christian McCaffrey. I think also, okay. but it's 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 at close. Least it's at least close. Yep. Okay. So I'm assuming same with Michael Thomas and and Barkley. You'd rather have those two over Kyler, right? Uh, I would rather have uh, Kyler Murray than Michael Thomas. Oh, okay. What about Personally, you? Me. I don't think I would. Okay. So yeah, you I would still have those Michael- three. So then yeah, basically so. we're saying at that point, anything after those for a guy like Kyler Murray. So you'd rather have Murray over Zeke. You'd rather have him over Dalvin Cook, Chris Godwin, um, Tyreek Hill. You'd rather Kyler over all those kind of guys, right? For the In a vacuum, yeah. Yeah, in a vacuum. In a vacuum, I'm always taking Startup. a young stud quarterback that's a QB1. Okay, so let's go a little further down the list than, than Kyler Murray. Let's go... Let's go with well, a before before we move on there real quick, Eric. Yeah. So the point is the reason why for me personally is just like you know with these running backs that are running back once and these receivers that are receiver once. I can't emphasize it enough that when you say he's a QB one, there's only twelve of those guys. There's only twelve of them. There's not. This isn't. This isn't. You know. Oh, you, you have twelve man leagues. If you can end up on your roster with two QB ones. The rest, of your, your, the rest of your roster doesn't have to be overly elite to go win a championship. It could be good. With two QB1s, like legit QB1s, top 12 fantasy quarterbacks. And that's what Kyler provides. So, you know, if you're offering me somebody who's 22 years old and you're a QB1 over a 26, 27-year-old wide receiver who's a wide receiver one, I'm always going to take the quarterback Every single time. And anytime that number, when he's 25 years or younger, then to me, that is just too valuable to pass up. Because, again, there's only 12 of those guys. And if I feel like you can give me multiple QB1 years over the next 10 to 12 years, which is a lifetime in any fantasy football league, 
I'm going to take that guy 10 out of 10 times. So go ahead. But, all right, but what about this, Rich? What about the factor of last year was Kyler Murray's rookie season, and a lot of the times you see second-year quarterbacks have a little bit of a slump, and then that's kind of how they react to that is kind of where their their career trajectory goes. I mean, and, I, and that I, happens, Matt. And I, but I, I mean, I, I can't, I can't guess. That's the same thing. I'm still all in on Baker, and I've said why because he had, he had, a, right. he didn't have a good sophomore year. But I'm still all in on him. You know, there's right. a lot of times you see those sophomore slumps, and a lot of those people do bounce out of it. You know, Pat Mahomes wasn't a QB. You know, he wasn't a top twelve player overall last year, playing fourteen games. Am I out on Pat Mahomes? No, no, still love him. He still was a QB. One, you know what I mean? So it's right, absolutely. That that's. I'm not worried about that short term because then even worst case Matt if I had to like if I missed out on on Michael Thomas then and I did Kyler Murray I feel pretty confident I could trade Kyler Murray and then go get somebody like a Jared Goff and a Stefan Diggs together you know something along those lines where I could yeah. I, I can make a move I can go I can fix that problem that I made with a guy like Kyler Murray because that youth and him, and say he takes a step back, and he's Jimmy Garoppolo, like he said, like Garrett said earlier, who's averaging more than Nick Chubb. I can take that player, and I can fix that plot problem. If you have youth at the quarterback, and they turn out to be just like solid, not great, but solid, so they take a step back, that youth alone, like I said, is just it's value enough for a team that doesn't have a quarterback or doesn't have that youth at quarterback, where say their quarterback is a little bit older, like they. I don't want to say Big Ben. It sucks because all the old guys are really old. But Matt Ryan, for example, say they have Matt Ryan, like they'd be more enticed just to get that youth of Kyler Murray. So I can get Matt Ryan plus a little probably for yeah. a guy like Kyler Murray, and that's no, if he I, steps back. So I, I feel I'm, like I, I totally I get fix that. the problem. No, I, I totally get that, but I just I hesitate when you talk about putting him ahead of a guy like Michael Thomas, who's done really great things for multiple years. I, I hesitate putting a, a young guy that's only done it for one year above him. So that's why, I mean, that's, that's, that's where you and I differ. And that's, I guess what makes the world go around when you're doing these, these startup drafts and why you see so many different strategies, so many different players being picked in so many different spots, like draft to draft um, and, and super flex. I, I mean, I guess that's, that's why. And it's scenario. Cause there's, you, you can spin it any way, any way you want. Cause you could argue the same time, Matt, like, okay, I'll take Michael Thomas here, have the number one receiver, and then I'll go ahead and move down the line and I'm, and I'm okay with missing out on Kyler Murray. And I'll come back with Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield, you know, and have Michael Thomas or, you know, and then I come back, or I can make the counter argument like, well, I'll take Kyler Murray and come back with DJ Moore and Stephon Dix, something along those, or Baker May. I mean, I'm always gonna come back to Baker. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Too. I get what you're saying too, Matt, on the Kyler uh, Murray aspect, and I'm okay with that as well because so, there's no right or wrong there. It's just how do you prefer your roster makeup? It's just I look at that where Matt with Michael Thomas, I love him and everything. Like you probably got at twenty seven years old, you probably got three more years. Drew Brees is Drew Brees is just about done. He's already got a contract to call uh, football games, so you got about three more years with Michael Thomas. With Kyler Murray, I got ten more years. No, I, yeah, no, I totally get the the plus side of. It. I just i I was strictly thinking of Kyler Murray as just being less less proven. Um, yeah, I hear you know what I mean. Less of a. Sure I know what thing. you're saying. Just that one year wonder. What if you, you're you're basing your whole first round pick, your whole base of your franchise on one year of production. Absolutely. Yep. 
I'm cool like with a, that in like a rookie draft, you know what I mean? But in a startup, that's where I hesitate just a little bit because I mean a that's rookie, where th- a rookie you're, you're shooting for the stars, you, you haven't seen anything. It, it's you know it's it's a rookie draft. There's there's inherently there's more risk involved. Two, in those. two completely different ways to go about your drafts. Absolutely, you know, I'm yep. all fu- I'm all I'm all about going off the rankings in in a startup draft because it all depends how you want to like. You're not, you're not taking best player available in a startup draft. Like you're building a team. In a rookie draft, you're taking best player available because mm-hmm. you're not building a team. You're adding talent to your team. In a startup, you're trying to build an overall roster where you know if you drafted three running backs first and there's still a decent running back on the board there, you need to take a receiver, dude, or a quarterback or tight end because you need right. a, you need a starting roster. Right, but Garrett. Go ahead. We go ahead with your next uh, comparison here. Just, I just think it's interesting to talk about. So, so we have a guy that's probably a tier below. Uh, although he's proven to be a very good quarterback, younger, but we have the injury-prone uh, tag on him. Although he did play all 16 games last season, he did get hurt in the playoffs. Carson Wentz. Would you rather have Carson Wentz or would you rather have Chris Godwin? Oh, Chris Godwin, easily for me. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there as as well on the, on the Godwin. All right, Cooper Cup. Or who? Carson Wentz? Yeah, these are all to Carson Wentz. Oh, yeah. I'll take Carson Wentz. All right, I'll, I'll take Wentz there as well, just because Cooper Cup's a little bit older of a, of a cat there. Um, yeah, he's 27. 27. He's been banged 20. up a couple times. Carson Wentz and Godwin, it's it's just Wentz. He's been hurt a lot, and that goes all the way back to like the high school days. So to me, if I get a 22-year-old receiver who was a top three fantasy football receiver last year, I'll take that, and I'll I'll wait a little bit on a quarterback. Okay, Allen Robinson. <sighs> Allen Robinson, he's he's a here's the thing about Allen Robinson. I've been on Allen Robinson for a while now, and or actually I guess I never got off of Allen Robinson. I've made moves for him, and it seems like the dynasty community is really starting to come around. They're catching Allen Robinson. Yeah. yeah, and he's starting to become a little bit more hot commodity. But at the same time in a super flex league. Uh, I I would still lean Carson Wentz. I'm going to go I Carson feel like Wentz it, also. Yeah, yeah. If I feel like if like if Carson Wentz by week six, I can go ahead and get I can upgrade over Allen Robinson if I wanted to. I think Allen Robinson is a fine player, uh, so don't don't take this the wrong way, everybody out there. But I feel like he's also a replaceable player. Like he he's good. I like him, but. There are other guys like Allen Robinson out there that I just or that I feel like a guy like Allen Robinson is he's much easier to obtain and you know what I mean like they they come around two or three of them a year um, every single year. So, so you're it, so you're basically saying that we're only going to take legitimate wide receiver ones ahead of a guy like Carson Wentz who's probably QB ten range. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, let's look at the running backs then. Um, all quarterbacks over running backs. I'm sorry. Well, we know Christian McCaffrey and Barkley are taking over him, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, over Wentz, yeah. Over Wentz. That, the two outliers. All right. So let's get to that next tier then. Zeke. Would you take Zeke or would you take Carson Wentz? Rich. Pause for dramatic effect. See, well, it's just weird. It's, it's, see, it's weird because it's like in a startup draft, I'm taking Zeke. Right every time but in, in, 
in a in a in a league on air like I'm for a team value, you gotta say Carson Wentz is a little bit more valuable than Zeke. That's really close. I would lean Zeke overall because I feel like with Zeke, he's he's in that top echelon enough where if I can't go get Carson Wentz for him, I can go get another quarterback who's right. a little bit more healthy and flip him for. So, I mean, that's how I'm looking Zeke at all my players. Me, it's, like, it's what not can even I, what that can I trade close, Rich. For? What are you talking about? It's Zeke, man. <laughs> it, you, you that's know what, Carson man? Wentz. You're right. He's an injury bum, man. Yeah. But this is the problem. Here, We're man. talking about Carson Wentz. <laughs> like, who, that's the one quarterback I'm not big on because of his injuries. So it's like, it, it, yeah, I'd take Zeke Yeah, every time. Okay. I'm sorry. All right. I, I made it way harder than it needed to be. Yeah. So Zeke. Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, you're still taking them ahead of Wentz or no? I, I am. Can you get a different quarterback as a, a right. we can we can we can <laughs> we move. All right. No, he picked this one on purpose, Rich. This is a tough one. It's not easy. <laughs> he doesn't All want right. easy and, and answers here. I would still I would still lean here well, here's the thing. Carson Wentz has had multiple injuries. He's twenty seven years old, which is really young for quarterbacks, but when you start getting banged up like that, it's gonna get worse. I the team did draft Jalen Hurts in the second round. That tells us something as well. You know what I mean? Like, hey, like, what's going on? We got to make sure we're safe here. So that's like, there's a lot with Carson Wentz that's involved here with me. So I'm okay. I would be, if I had Carson Wentz in a super flex league, I would be looking to trade him for, I would be looking to trade him for a quarterback that I did like and another player is what I'd be trying to do. So it's hard for me to compare would Carson you, Wentz. Would you take like, Jared Goff straight up over Carson Wentz or no? I would, yeah. Because right now Wentz is going above him in drafts by you know oh, a slot for sure. or two. Oh, for sure he should. I, and he I, should, I, but like I have golf ranked ahead of him as well. I just okay. I, yeah. He's he's a more stable player in my opinion. Then let's There's let's move to golf. Way then. less of an injury. Yeah. Who who's slightly let's higher? Move to golf because golf is a very very because uh, of his guy. year last year underrated guy. He's only twenty five years old. He's got number one draft overall commodity, and on top of that, he just signed a huge massive deal that is guaranteed for what the next three years i mean it's ridiculous he's got like his number his guaranteed numbers i have in front of me are ridiculous i just wish they would do him a favor and draft him a freaking lineman my goodness Ugh. he's had two in his short career he's already had two qb1 finishes he was fourth overall before oh, even I, last year absolutely i've been pumping up jared goff all off season i'm i'm with you he was my guy in the youtube sleepers thing like i'm i'm yep. all on board uh, but but I he's only twenty five years old. Just give the give he, the guy some he, offensive line help. My goodness. But anyway, moving he, along. He was the twenty fourth. Jared Goff was the twenty fourth overall player in all fantasy scoring and PPR legs, leagues last year. He averaged sixteen point five points per game, playing all sixteen games. Still has Sean Gavay. Still has some really good weapons out there. So let's use him as a much better example. Okay. So we're so Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, that range. You're, are you going golf or are you going the running back? I am a go running back. Okay. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm going golf. Okay. You're going golf over Chubb. Is that what you're saying? I for long term, I'm going. Go- this is again this in a startup draft. I wouldn't have to do that because I could take. I can get Jared Goff afterwards. So it's it's you're putting me in position to say it sounds like oh I would draft Jared Goff over. Nick Chubb or Dalvin Cook. That's not what I'm saying. But but making yes. a trade, if you absolutely had to, you would be fine taking Goff straight up for one of those guys. 
No, because I'm not. I'm not going to get ripped off. <laughs> well, then what scenario the are question? you taking these guys? Right. That's that's what had me confused, Rich. All right. So I, it's just I, like I who have, would I, I got chub above? I'm looking at this. Who would I rather have on my roster long term? Like I feel like I can go draft the in a, again in a super flex rookie draft. They're extremely deep all the time. Right. You're getting quality players in the second round. You can get cam makers at one twelve. You get them at possibly two one. You can get players in these super flex mock drafts or super super flex rookie drafts way later than it go. You get a guy like JK Dobbins at one nine overall. You can move to one nine. It's possible. You know what I mean? So I can go get running backs in rookie drafts down the road forever. Try and go get a quarterback in a rookie draft and see what the people are asking for in those rookie drafts or try and trade for a young quarterback and see what people are asking for. My point is the run. Yeah. Would I take Nick Chubb and Dalvin cook over Jared Goff in a startup draft a hundred percent of the time? Yes. Yes, I would. Cause I don't have to take Jared Goff there cause they'll be there later. But if you're asking me who I would rather have and who's more valuable to my team, it's going to be Jared Goff. Well, yeah, he's definitely long-term more valuable to your team, but uh, it is, it's a balancing act. But you also want to win now. Exactly. That's, yeah, it, is, it is a balancing act between future and and the win now to, type of mentality. And, uh, and you know, Jared Goff, is an, he's a fine player, and yes, he has like a ridiculous contract. I think he signed a – it was $134 million and I think 110 of it, $110 million was guaranteed. So he's there for the long term. Sean McVay is there for the long term. So it's a, it's a nice – system fit with a player that's going to be there so you can expect you know for the next at least four years to for that marriage to continue and and for him to be rolling um but when you're talking about you know uh, a nick chubb and a dalvin cook those guys they're there are i feel like there's even less of them but when you, but when, but when you're talking about two gooby league it, it, it starts getting difficult so i'm having I, as you can hear right now i'm having an internal struggle but I, I still do have Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook ranked higher, so I feel like me too. Yeah, so I, I feel <laughs> I feel like I'm in a little bit of a conundrum too. Uh, I can see where you're coming from, but I, I would take both of those players ahead of Jared. Goff. I, I'm with this, you on that, Matt. Yeah, this is why you this is why you draft Justin Herbert at three, <laughs> so you don't have to worry about this. I'm telling <laughs> you, this is why. All this right. is exactly why you get as many young quarterbacks as possible, so you don't have to make these bad decisions so and make me sound like i'm bad saying i take oh rather have jared goff than nick chubb i don't need anybody tweet at me and tell me that i'm an idiot or anything <laughs> like that it's just it's just what i have on my team because it's like which one's more easily replaceable i guess is the point yeah and, and you're right i mean they churn through these these running backs every few years you know what i mean there's you're getting a new crop of uh, three or four guys a year that are, are essentially taking jobs from other guys so I get it, and it and it's not that dramatic of a turnover for oh. the quarterbacks at the at the NFL level. So I I understand why you're why you're picking Goff, um, but at this at the same time, I, I I personally can't do it. All right, so for Matt, you'd only make so you you'd only make hold on you'd only make that trade because you're in a win now mode, right? Because you're in a win now mode, and you need a running back now. Yeah, I mean, yes. Like, are you saying if I had Jared Goff and I traded him, traded him for Nick Chubb? Yeah, yeah. I, that your window it's, starts it's closing. Win now mode. Yeah, your window yeah. starts closing in the next three years. Yes. Whereas yeah. Goff, you probably have another. I know I said four years, but likely four to six years is what you're looking at at least of Goff. 
Yeah, I mean, at least. I, at least. I'm, yeah. I'm saying the, the the four years, you know, him and McVeigh are going to likely be together for at least three of those years. And yeah. um, it's not like he's a turd without McVeigh completely, I don't think. But who knows? We'll see. All right. So the next tier is interesting. Rich, we already kind of know where you're going to go on this, but Matt, I want to hear what you what you think on it. So the tier of running backs, and we'll 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 touch on receivers here in a second, but the tier of like Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, maybe the two rookies and Edwards Alaire and Taylor. Where where in that range are you starting to consider trading golf or taking golf ahead of those types of guys? Miles Sanders, you know, all in that range. Um, yeah, it's, that's, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like scroll through my guys. I mean, I, I am above like the Cam Akers, the Derrick Henry's, the, Mm -hmm. um, the Kareem Hunts, Austin Eckler's, obviously the, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Aaron Jones, I have him above. So I would take all of those guys for sure above him, but you know, I got DeAndre Swift ranked ahead of Jared Goff. I've got Jonathan Taylor, JK Dobbs. So I have all like the Miles Sanders. I have a lot of those guys, Joe Mixon. I have a lot of those guys okay. ahead of, uh, so you, of so Goff. right behind that tier is really kind of where you're looking to take Jared Goff. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Let's move to wide receivers then real quick. Um, just to, just to get a feel. So Jared Goff or Number nine receiver last year in a PPR setting, Kenny Galladay. Hmm. That's easy for me, Jared Goff. <laughs> you don't like Kenny Super G, Flex that, right? League? I'm just okay. I'm okay on Kenny okay. G. I think, I think Matt summed him up with his Allen Robinson take. Like I can go get another Kenny Galladay if I want one. Yeah, so I, 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 I'm absolutely with you on that one. I'll take I'll take Goff ahead of him as well. Um, I I like Galladay. I don't. I'm not going to go out and try to get Galladay on any of my teams, and I don't have him on any of my teams. So I'm not like, I'm not a Galladay hater. I'm not a Galladay owner. I like you said. It's you know he's you know he's okay. Put it to is I think my my friend uh, Izzy DTC Izzy from Dynasty Trade Calculator uh, said this once, and he made a really good point. He's like he likes to acquire a lot of players that not that, that not that he necessarily loves, but that the majority and the masses love because it puts them in a position to make trades down the road. So even though he doesn't like the player, he'll take the player to put himself in a position down the road. So Kenny Galladay is one of those players I could trade uh, because people like him. You know, it's not doesn't mean I don't dislike him. It's just I feel like I could do better. And I think it's how like for all my dynasty rosters is like, okay, what are my core pieces and what are the pieces that I can do better at? Where, where, where can I keep moving? And when it comes back to this, like to Kenny Galladay, I mean, Kenny Galladay is pretty close on that borderline there when you start talking like, you know, these quarterbacks. But that youth, that quarterback, man, like like you we said in the beginning where it's a risk where you get to these quarterbacks because they're boom or bust, right? They are. They're boom or bust. Even in the first round picks, they're boom or bust. 50% of these guys are going to bust out. So when you get one that's 25 years old, it just, to me, that just, it's worth too much. You know, and some of these guys are going to go hard, higher in the startup, but that's just that's just a smart drafting. That's ADP value, right? Just knowing where guys are going to fall to. Because if not, you would you would take guys like this higher. To me, I don't think you you can put the importance on there of what we talked about earlier of having that comfort, Matt. Like you said, of being uncomfortable with that duct tape 
of having a guy who's 25, 26 years old on your roster who's going to go out there week in, week out, and average more than 15 points per game for you. So for me, mentioning these guys, if we're talking in a vacuum, there's not going to be many guys, Garrett, that you're going to get me to say like, oh, yeah, I'd really, really definitely like him having to have him better than Jared Goff because in the long run, they're going to average about the same amount of points, right? So like if DJ Moore, who's 22, is averaging 16 points per game. actually. Yeah, so DJ Moore is going to average 16 points per game, which is to make him a wide receiver one and a high-quality wide receiver one, like a very high wall. What, you know, quality wide receiver one. Julio Jones averaged eighteen point three. Michael Thomas last year was a ridiculous number. He averaged twenty three point four. So he's somewhat of an outlier. But after after Michael Thomas, if you go down to overall rankings here, even for receivers, that's why these running backs are so nice. There's not another receiver on this list I don't see until Chris Godwin at nineteen. So you have Michael Thomas is a third overall player scored. The next time a wide receiver hits this list is Chris Godwin, who's the number two overall two, two overall receiver. He averaged nineteen point seven. So if you go all the way down to the Jared Goff, who's averaging um, 16.5, the number two overall receiver is 22, only averaged three points more per game. It's not only, it's a lot. But to me, it comes back to, okay, you're going to average the same amount of points there. The receiving position is so much broader. And definitely with the influx of this year and next year's talent and last year's talent, it's, again, I'm always going to go back, Jared, to – Give me the youth. Give me the 25-year-old quarterback that's put up quarterback one numbers that I can plug and play. And I'm going to figure – I feel good enough about my dynasty ability to go scout players and draft players, and I'll figure out my receiver, and I'll figure out my running backs down the road. I will make the right trades. I will draft the right rookies to do so. Well, Because, again, it comes down to those players in a super flex mock draft will always be available. When you do super flex mock drafts, for the most part, you have guys like Justin Herbert who slipped down to five, six, seven, eight. The quarterbacks are always going at the top of the draft, always. So, one, it makes it way harder to even try and get lucky and hit on a quarterback because you have to have a top end draft pick to get them. Where then now these running backs and receivers are slipping in your rookie draft. So even as a competitor, you have a much better chance to get those. But don't have to be a competitor because even at the top of the second round, there's going to be good quality players there. Guys like Michael Pittman, Denzel Mims, those guys are going to be there. Jerry Judy could be there at 2-1 in a rookie mock draft. So for me, I need those quarterbacks because I can hit elsewhere and gamble elsewhere to find those points and average those 15 points per game because it comes down to scoring per game to build my overall starting roster. And it's always going to be those quarterbacks that are going to score the most. I mean, we're talking about the number two overall receiver, and Jared Goff was, I think, what, Garrett, Garrett like quarterback what overall? I don't even remember what he, it was. He was quarterback 13 overall last season. Yeah, so the quarterback two, the first, the, first, the QB 2-1, is almost just as good as the number two overall wide receiver. Yep. Yeah, so, that, I mean, that's nuts. I mean, if you look at I mean, just – Looking at crazy numbers, I mean, you look at Jacoby Brissett. He averaged 17.67 points per game. And right above him is DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, talk about, like, you couldn't be farther apart in overall rankings at your position than DeAndre Hopkins, who's way at the top, and and Jacoby Brissett, who's, you know, 
in the 20, you know, what, what was he ranked last year? Like 25 or something like that overall at the quarterback well, position. And what I think, so that's what makes these quarterbacks so, so valuable. What, what I think this yeah, shows too is, and I think it's funny that we bring this guy up twice on one episode, but, uh, but I think Izzy tweeted up something about it is, you know, we're going to take Joe Burrow ahead of these running backs in our rookie drafts, you know, 10 times out of 10 for most of us. There's, like I said, there's exceptions, but for most of us, 10 times out of 10, but we wouldn't do it in a startup. And the I think we need to change the way that we view our startups in these in these super flex drafts because we are leaving too much talent and ability on the table when you know we leave all of this good quarterback talent. Even, you know, middle of the road guys that are maybe a tad bit older now at this point, like, you know, the the Matthew Staffords of the world and the Kirk Cousins of the world and you know, guys like that, like their their points per game over the next five, six seasons are going to be pretty equivalent to a lot of these wide receiver twos, a lot of these RB twos, but yet we're taking them three rounds after. Which is ridiculous. Even Gardner Minshew averaged 16.8 points per game, you know, which is, which is crazy. So, and the problem is, like I said, you can go out there and always trade for those receivers and running backs. You can, but it's so much harder to trade for the quarterbacks because like I mentioned, there's only 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. If you have 12-man leagues, that, that you need 24 people right off the top of the list just to have two starting quarterbacks. So it's way harder to even go out and trade for that quarterback. Even if you have, even if you have Chris Godwin or you have Christian McCaffrey, well, these are harder to use, but you have Michael Thomas, and you're offering Michael Thomas to a team that has only two quarterbacks why would that team even make the trade? Because they're doing addition by subtraction. You know what I mean? It's like the quarterbacks are even harder to acquire down the road unless you're acquiring an older guy or you're giving or you're like you're literally overpaying through the roof to get them. Yep. So why not attack early? Again, goes back to the Justin Herbert take. Goes back to the Daniel Jones take. Daniel Jones last year averaged per game seventeen point four six per points per game. People didn't want to draft him. Last year in a super flex draft. And as a rookie, he drafted, he averaged 17.46 points per game, which is two points off of Chris Godwin. So they're him and Chris Godwin are pretty close. And this is a player that if you if you throw Chris Godwin in, in a rookie draft, he's going one one overall. <laughs> Even in this draft, he's going one one overall ahead of Clyde Edwards Alaire. So to me, it's always gonna come back to you. Like we're using these comparison for receivers. Unless we're talking outliers, guys, I'm taking a good young quarterback at that's 25 and under. And I'm sorry, Jared Goff kind of fits that to me, that 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 frame of work. So we can sit here and talk about receivers. DJ Moore, yeah, in a startup draft, you're going to take those guys ahead of time. And I, I like what you said, Garrett, about switching your mentality there. But for the most part, when we're just talking in a vacuum, kind of goes back to my Nick Chubb take and these guys and Jared Goff, like – I'd just rather have the quarterback because they're harder to get, extremely much harder to get, whether it be trade or your rookie draft, and everything else I can get. Everything else you can get, but it's so much harder to get that quarterback. Nope, I get you. So super flex leagues, try them out. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're definitely a lot more fun, man. We just uh, killed uh, an hour talking about how much how much better they are than normal leagues. Yeah, and I feel like we didn't scratch the surface. Right. But uh, we're sitting there arguing about <laughs> Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. It just goes to show you, like, because even guys like that, like Gardner Minshew, you know, Jared Stidham, and 
all these guys out there, Ryan Tannehill with his emergence. Ryan Tannehill last year averaged 19.2 points per game. Old Man Rivers, Drew Brees, still older, still holds value. I don't know why, because he averaged 20.8 points per game, which is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And that average probably guys, that includes probably the game where he got injured as well, where he had like negative points or something like that, like one pass. If I look out here, if I just go to average points per game, every player, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 12 of the top 13 players are quarterbacks. The one outlier was Christian McCaffrey, who had the best fantasy year pretty much ever, who had the number one scoring overall fantasy player. His points were ridiculous. His absolute points were ridiculous. But, well, behind Lamar Jackson's ridiculous year, but – 12 of the top 13 are all quarterbacks. It, it comes back down to, like, the NFL is a quarterback league. Your super flex is a quarterback league. Anybody can sit here and tell you that, oh, you're silly for taking that quarterback. You're silly for doing this. People tell you last year, oh, you're taking Daniel Jones over this position player or that position player. Yeah, I am. Because you know what? If he hits, then I am comfortable for a long time, and I can go get any player I want. For just just to clear it up real quick, um, that's in standard and in, in uh, PPR. Michael Thomas and Dalvin Cook uh, also enter that conversation. Oh yeah, you're right. I am looking at PPR. Good thing you're a co- good co-host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do get you do get other people in that conversation at average. Um, but it's still dominated by quarterbacks. Correct. It's still dominated. The by point still stands. So, to me, is the number two QB overrated in that super flex? Absolutely not. I would fair to say the number three QB on your roster <laughs> isn't overrated. And I'm, I'm, I'm in a fair. It's fair for me to say like I want and I need to try and have three quarterbacks on my super flex league because it's like kind of having like that ace in the in the sleeve. You know what I mean? Like you're if you have that third quarterback, and maybe it's Justin Herbert. Maybe it's Drew Locke. Maybe it's even Aaron Rodgers. You're in now position come midseason to later in the season that you have the most awesome gambling trading chip in your back pocket. So now if you do need to make that push, you can do it with still having two QBs and go for the title. And you're not hurt. Like on most trades, you're not – you're giving up a receiver for a running back. It's like addition by subtraction. You're not necessarily hurting your starting lineup, which is your two starting quarterbacks. To me, I always want that third guy. And anytime I'm in position to draft that guy, I'm doing it. Matt saw Jordan Love there, and like right around two six in a super flex rookie draft, he took him. Is that going to help him now, next year? Probably not. But in a couple of years, that second round pick is going to be if he if he's just a starter, just a middle of the road starter. Matt will be able to take that second-round pick and turn it into a top-five rookie pick. Absolutely, man. That's that's the huge – I mean, that's why I did it. I mean, if – and especially with a quarterback like Jordan Love, uh, who has got such boom potential, it was just too good of a, um, too good of a pick to, to pass up on at that point. Yeah, so check them out. Check out our Superflex rankings on the site, on DynastyNerds.com. If you're a new listener, yes, I know exactly how I say the word rankings. I don't need the G at the end. It's everything but a G thing, baby. I know this. I don't. I, don't need, I get new people listening to the show. I'm like, do you know you don't say rankings right? I'm like, no, I say it perfectly. <laughs> perfectly. 
So make sure you check out our Superflex rankings. Make sure you check out DynastyNerds.com every single day. There's so much content up there. So much cool stuff coming on the horizon. We got a tool coming down the road here soon, guys. It's going to it's gonna knock your socks off. I can't wait to do so. So make sure you take a good bath and uh, stand that soapy shower extra long so your, your feet aren't stinky when the socks get blown off. And if you're interested in talking Superflex, you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. And I'm at Dynasty Price. Make sure to check out the YouTube channel. You always uh, subscribe to the podcast. It's always a good thing. Leave us a rating and review. Join the Facebook group page. I know I said that last week. We're about, dude, we're over 8,000 users on that thing. That's nuts, man. 8,000 people in the Facebook group to talk Dynasty Fantasy Bowl with. It's the best form in the business today. We're going to come back here with the Nerd episode. We're going to talk about some of these um, quarterbacks for Superflex Leagues. Some of these guys, what we would give up for them that aren't the, you know, you know, the, 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 the bell of the balls, so to say. <laughs> they're they're but they still have value. They still do have yes. value. I think we just proved it. Can't wait to talk about them. Absolutely. See you next week, nerds. Adios.